brought to you by the Rugby Outlet Mall, equipping you for freedom and connection through rugby. Find out more at RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, what's up everybody? My name is Gift Gift Time and Bailey. Welcome to Grow Rugby Podcast, where we talk with people about the opportunities and networks that they have found, experienced, created, or looking to take advantage of. Uh, we got another great guest that's going to be speaking with us today. Have Blaine Scully coming on the show. I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, we had a really great conversation when we did this. Uh, just, I'm gonna give a heads up midway through our conversation. We ended up having a little bit of an electrical issue because the people at my, uh, my electric company came to my house to replace my meter. They kind of started knocking while we were in the middle of interview. So of course I didn't answer. And then boom, knock out all the, the power and everything just got cut off. So. Uh, definitely was uh, a little bit of a disturbance. I ended up shortening the, the 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 interview, the discussion a little bit more than I would have liked to. But that being said, uh, Blaine dropped some dimes. Uh, it was good to get another look into what he's got going on, especially in this new era of retirement for him and moving to the next stuff uh, of post rugby career. So it was really good to be able to get a good talk with him and be able to find out a little bit more. And uh, uh, as well, you know, we have a lot of things happening in the world, coronavirus, the world rugby and the votes are getting closer. This Augustine Pichot and um, Bill Beaumont uh, election is apparently a lot tighter than people want to give it credit for. So um, I think that's something that we can be able to look forward to. But I'm not going to talk your ear off about it. Uh, so let's get you straight into the interview. Blaine Scully, check it out. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to have another VIP guest for you guys today. We have one of the co-Captain Americas. We got the foreign the the cardiff playing lester thriving usa rugby captain for multiple rugby world cups on that too blaine scully blaine yo thank you for coming on thanks for having me man man well look man i i have to say you know we the, the last time i had a chance to talk to you obviously was rugby world cup this last year um, press conferences, and, you know, they, they, yep. they have their up-and-down moments. Since that moment, it has been like watching a whirlwind of action for you as you have now seem to be stepping into the media zone more. You were already doing it with uh, Women's Rugby World Cup and Sevens with NBC, but it just mm -hmm. seems like everything ramped up. Now you're doing your podcast. Like, yeah. what, is it, what, was, what is the setup legacy that you have uh, that you're trying to be able to create for yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it has been, uh, a lot of things kind of all at once from a transitional standpoint. So, you know, it always was a plan to have a break after the world cup and that's when the NBC stuff popped up and, and, uh, thought that would be, um, you know, really interesting experience and I'm, you know, real grateful for that. And, and that was, was an education because you, you think you know a little bit about, 
television and what goes into it from a sports perspective, but you just really have no idea until you're, you're on the other side of that. Um, and, uh, so that was, that was eye opening and, and an awesome opportunity. And then, um, you know, kind of was still working through that point, uh, with my wife, uh, deciding what was going to be next for me on the playing side. And, um, you know, we were very pregnant at that point. So we had to make some life decisions around what, what our future looked like. And, and, uh, we kind of collectively decided that, um, you know, rugby, uh, was, was, um, I guess, I guess the right thing for our, for our situation was just to, to make a decision to move on and, and, uh, from the playing side at least. And, and, uh, which, which took a while to kind of get to and work through and, you know, kind of had to turn down a few opportunities to potentially go back overseas. And, and, uh, but I mean, the thing that I kind of said, uh, as I got through my career is sport is always temporary. So if you recognize that at the front end, you can just be really grateful for the time you had. And I don't think I, I could have given more and, 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 uh, you know, I was fortunate to be able to do a lot in the game and the game game gave me so much and, and the people within it. And then, um, just started trying to, you know, do different things. The podcast was actually a project I was working on, um, during world cup training while I was at home. Um, and, uh, I was kind of pushed to do that, but it ended up being a really cool experience. And, and now just kind of exploring where, where I might fit best next. So, um, it's all education all the time, which is really exciting because uh, I, know, I know it's going to be different than on the field, but at the same time, there's a lot to look forward to, and especially being a dad, which is, uh, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, like it, it, it becomes this weird ultimate balance where, like you said, it becomes this wide-ranging effect of what you've – obviously what you've done, but then this ripple effect of how you can make these impacts kind of amplify themselves – albeit not in the most direct way that you would used to, albeit being on the field and stuff. But before we kind of continue off on that, I kind of want to do, I always have to do this with a guest because you never know who's listening. We got to do the origin story, the Batman origin story, the Uncle Ben Spider-Man re- reveal again as it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, give us a little bit into the background. All right, Blaine, how'd you, as common as a question as this is, get started with rugby? Uh, so I, I grew up in Sacramento, um, typical American kid, played about every other, every sport you could possibly play. Dad and brother were football players. Mom did a good job keeping me away from football. So I was basketball, water polo, swimming, was, was decent water polo player and swimmer. It was All-American high school. I thought I was going to do that in college. I actually went to Jesuit, which is one of the uh, best rugby playing uh, high schools in, in the country, although I didn't play. And then I found rugby when I was a freshman at, at uh, UCLA and then uh, transferred to Cal um, after two years at UCLA. And and um, I guess kind of the rest is history. Oh, and like I always I always find it interesting because, you know, I, I was one like I saw I was introduced to rugby in its formal sense in college, but it didn't actually click into me. Whenever I first did it, like I, I remember going to a practice, but I was I was a football guy, so I was like, "Oh man, rugby is that archaic sport that you know people still play." But we already evolved past this. This is what we call football. Like, why are we still mm-hmm. doing this? Mm-hmm. But whenever um, it, it wasn't obviously until after I got out of college that I was like, "Oh wow, this is a much wider range." So for you, whenever you saw it at UCLA, was it something that was? oh, man, I've heard of this sport and I didn't realize? Or was it just like, yo, we just drop in and all of a sudden, like, this connects with all the facets that I've been kind of working on 
my whole life kind of thing. Yeah, no, that, that definitely a second one for me. I mean, immediately was the game I was supposed to play all along. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of close friends who played in high school and I would go and watch the games. Um, but you know, I, I like anything you get, you get on a particular track in high school with sports you play and that's kind of what happens. And, um, yeah, it was 100%. Um, you know, I don't know if the game found me or, or I found it, but like I connected with it immediately. I felt like it challenged me in every athletic way. I love the fact that everything is a contest in rugby and then like all the, all the different components, which kind of seem overwhelming, maybe the first time you look at rugby, when you actually break it down, they're like all things you recognize, right? Like going up for eyeballs, it's like in a rebound. Uh, line out is pretty much like a throw in meets a jump ball. Like a counterattack is pretty much a punt return. I mean, there's all different parallels that you can kind of find um, that help me, I guess, recognize and, and learn the game and try to accelerate that learning as quickly as possible. No, and that makes sense. Like, again, the, the pleasure of being a multi-sport athlete is that there is high awareness within multiple sports that you can bring in. But, you know, I, I always wonder, you know, we always, we always talk within the community about what happens on the pitch. But whenever you're putting your heart into something, like, especially, again, you, you played water polo, you did swimming, so you already knew contact sports. You already knew discipline when it comes to training. When it comes to rugby itself, I've always made the assumption the culture is a much higher aspect than the actual field play itself. Was that something that was similar for you or was it just kind of like, yo, I already knew what it was to have a team. I just like the challenge on the field and that kind of tied it all together. No, I mean, I think there's definitely some unique aspects of sport that, you know, draws folks in and, and I think it does start on the field just because what the game requires people who play it to do. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that you don't have time to go over to the sideline and have a coach tell you what to do, the fact that you're on the field with 15 other, other um, you know, men or women, like trying to solve problems in real time, it's really hard. Um, it's nonstop. I mean, the fact that you have to do that and all this stuff is going on and kind of management collectively and then both, but you're also responsible for your own individual stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there is something built in to the nature of the game that um, is really special. And then, you know, obviously you know, some of the, uh, the, the off the field stuff just kind of amplifies that. Right. And, um, you know, so that's, I, I, I definitely connected with the game, it's requirements of me as an athlete. And then like kind of that short of shared experience that you'd have across the field with, you know, your teammates and opposition alike. Oh, and that's uh, that. That makes that makes legitimate sense, and I, especially in a place like California, where I, as big as that state is, it feels like everybody knows everybody in that state. Like it, it's weird because I mean I, I get that here in Louisiana, but that's because nobody ever leaves here, or if they do, they just end up coming back. So everybody kind of has to know everybody. But you always assume that there's so many transitions that come into the state that it doesn't. But I'm assuming like you see a teammate. This is the same teammate you've seen whether it was in high school, whether it was in college, and then you get to the club level and you're like, yo, I'm still seeing you. Like, yeah. how we constantly keep playing against and or for each other in some way, shape, or yeah. form? So it has to yeah. kind of double down into that bond a little bit, right? Yeah, rugby is a small world, man. It's a very <laughs> small world. So, all right. So you jump out, you get it at UCLA, you go to UC Berkeley and uh, dealing with, with Jack Clark, right? Yep, Coach Clark, yeah. Yo, Coach Clark. and and. We all know that's the legend right there. Um, yeah. Your, your 
experience going from UCLA to UC Berkeley. Like, what was the change-up in how you ended up perceiving the game after that point? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, um, I guess the reasons why I transferred was the same, you know, that a lot of kids ended up transferring from one university. I want to be close to Sacramento. Um, and then, you know, rugby was, was a part of it. But um, that first to kind of reinforce at Cal that – the student athlete part is, is the student is the emphasis right. and then your sport is also study. And, and so it was um, really attacking the sport of rugby as um, something to, as a subject matter, as a sport to study. Um, and not just, you know, physically, but, you know, technically and tactically um, learning about how to be a, a teammate, how to, how to be a contributing member to that team. Um, and then eventually starting to build your own personal package so you can learn how to lead teams and, um, and, and try to be a positive example and influence on your, on your teammates. I mean, there was so much education that happened in those three years from coach Clark and, and, and coach Billups and, um, you know, coach Fagoni and then all the other people affiliated with the program it was just, uh, it was a sponge moment where literally every day you, you wake up and you have the opportunity to learn and get better. And, and for me, I've always been kind of addicted to that. I've been always addicted to that sense of improvement and um, because there's nothing that, that feels better um, and, and gives you me more self-worth than the fact that like I'm trying to continually improve myself and help those around me be better as well. So, you know, I just, I love that. And, um, you know, I soaked in that experience for as much as I could, both on the field, off the field, and then in the classroom. No, and, and I, I love that because it does kind of intricate into what you can set up after, after that, because these are a lot of lessons that we, I think sometimes we take them for granted um, because they seem so intrinsic into our actions that sometimes you don't, aren't aware of what is happening in that moment. But you, once you kind of step outside of it, you're just like, oh, wow. Okay, I understand why this occurred and then how it's now gone into my natural reaction of, of how to deal with people or how to deal with the situation, solution finding or anything to that effect, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's part of the, I think the maturation process of a young athlete. I mean, typically when you're young and this is, I think similar to every athlete has this, similar experience but for me uh, when you're younger you just worry about you and what you're doing right right but as you grow and mature you learn how to put yourself in the context of the team and so therefore you get more awareness around you know how, how you're acting and how that affects the team both in a positive and negative standpoint the way you communicate um and your actions day in and day out both in training and on 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 match day I mean, those are those are huge um, signifiers to your sort of commitment and and uh, how you value that experience, right? So, I mean, I think learning learning how to put yourself in the context of the team and having that awareness both of what you're doing individually and then everything that's going on around you is is just part of the evolution. No, that's real. That's real. So I'm going to step on that one a little bit later, but I want to kind of go move forward from there. You got, you had a great career at UC Berkeley and let's also not take away the fact UC Berkeley is a great school. So there's, there's a lot of, (laughs) of concepts that you were able to to do. What what did you end up uh, graduating uh, uh, or studying at? History. History. Yeah. Cause I thought I was 
going to go to law school, maybe still go to law school, but my, my folks are lawyers. So yeah, uh, I thought I would probably be, be doing, which is like history. You just learn, learn how to read, write, and make arguments. Like that's, that's law. So. I was about to say, are you, are you the guy that likes to research the most or like to, to implement the argument the most? Uh, probably somewhere in between. <laughs> I, I can feel that. I've, people have always yeah. told me I need to try and be a lawyer because I like to, I will make my arguments. I do horrible research, but I will get the concept <laughs> and I will be all the way through that. You will fight for it. Yeah. There we go. We're going to get this yeah. answer. Might take yeah. a little bit. We're going to get there. No. So you go out from, from UC Berkeley. You have a great career at UC Berkeley. Um, you guys got a couple national championships under your, under your belt as yeah. well too. Yeah. And then you enter into the USA rugby program. That direction that that transition what was that for you because again we're talking about another major leap in not just in what you're learning but and not just your athleticism but in even how your discipline and maturity has to be because you're dealing with a much wider range yeah i mean i was fortunate i mean the game was a little bit different back then so when i even when i was at ucla i was going to usa sevens camps with with coach al caravelli and so i was exposed to sort of international rugby probably before I was ready and before I had a right to, but, um, you know, it was really important for me. And, and, um, you know, I, I first played for the sevens team, I think in 2009. Um, and, uh, so I was, I was still in college then and then played again, um, on the last two stops of the circuit, uh, in 2010 as well. So I, you know, I played three, four tournaments on the circuit when, when I was in college and then also did, Churchill Cup in 2010, um, played against the England Saxons. So I had, I had an idea of, of sort of what it was like from an exposure standpoint. Um, but I also knew how much I needed to work on my game. And uh, because that's what I wanted to do after, after graduating is I wanted to pursue rugby at the highest level and be the best possible rugby player I could be. Um, and then you're right. I graduated from Cal and then, um, ended up getting my first full cap at the Churchill cup against Russia in the final game there. And then kind of made the world cup squad as a bolter. And, um, you know, I think, I think one of the, um, sort of things I try to tell younger rugby players and younger athletes is don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right. Your approach and what, how you approach your game should be professional sport as a study, the way you treat your body, um, both, in the weight room, on the field, as far as your warm-ups and your and your your preparation there, your nutrition. I mean, you can be a pro in a lot of different ways, but being a professional isn't as my as Coach Bills always say isn't about being paid. It's about the mindset and how you go about your business, right? Exactly. So, so in in a lot of ways, you know, I was I was preparing as a professional and international before I actually was there, just just because of of me having clarity around this is what I wanted to do. And fortunate, I had, I had some really important influences from coach Clark, coach Phillips and, and, and my, my parents as well, um, who were reinforcing what that looked like. And, and, uh, cause it's all well and good to say, that's what you want to do, but it's another thing to actually with do discipline it. execute it. Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that, that, that's really real. I, you know, kind of even going into that, like, I, I think that's, it's always interesting whenever people always talk about um, going for your passions. And I think sometimes they've turned that term almost into a bit of a pejorative. Oh. Awesome.
Good? All right. Yes. All right. I was like, oh, man, no recording. <laughs> All right. So, awesome. So, you're now back here. You're, you, you, you're playing uh, you're playing international side. You've now made yep. it to Rugby World Cup 2011. That was your first one. Rugby yeah. World Cup 2015, that was your first co-captaining, correct? Uh, I was vice-captain to Chris Wiles, yeah. The one and only, the great man himself. <laughs> so, you know, kind of whenever you start getting into that, you know, we're talking about four years that you had to develop. You, you're talking about, games, I mean, the All Blacks game. You're talking about yeah. Ireland, Scotland, um, and, and so on. In that time period, and you get voted as vice captain, like for you, was this a process that you were like, I, it makes sense because I've been working to get to this position because you're very intentional. Yeah with what your actions are, or was this kind of like a, uh, I, it's not that you didn't expect it, but it was like, yo, this is now shoes I have to fill. I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm sure about doing here. Like, what was that, this, that moment? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, I talked a little bit about sort of the evolution of like a young athlete to an older athlete and, you know, kind of as you acquire more and more experience. And, you know, at that point I'd been playing over professionally for, for a couple of years and um you know that i'm sure you can hear my little baby girl over there <laughs> poor thing so, like, dad i've heard the story so many I know, times come on dad yeah get over it uh but uh, you know i played i played professionally overseas so you know as you kind of acquire more and more experience the responsibility gets more right and right. and um you're you're expected to perform and you're expected to lead by example and you're expected to lead the team and um you know whether that's through a sort of you know role in captain or vice captain which you know doesn't really i don't think you know the title doesn't mean much as 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 far as everyone's responsible for the team right. and and you know when you do eventually get more a more formal role in that sense that's when you know you're you actually really are responsible on, on for the team and in, in, in a material way as, as, it, as um, you know, it's your name that goes down with, with, with the team as far as being the captain or, and, and of those sides. So, you know, that, those responsibilities were always very real for me and, and you know, I've always felt responsible for my own performance. And, you know, the, the, um, the thing for me is I, I was always wanting to be the best version of myself for, United States and the one of the reason, core reasons why I played overseas was so I could be as good a rugby player as I could be for the national team and you know as teams kind of grow and evolve and continue to move on in your career you and you become more experienced more as, as I said more is expected of you specifically at a leadership level and because you're all of a sudden the one who says this is how we do things around here and this is what representing the United States is 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 like and what's supposed to be about so you know it, it's it's kind of I guess it happens to a certain extent and I mean a player has to be willing I think to take on that role because it's not for everybody um, you know some players are are only comfortable doing their thing and and that's fine because it's it's everyone needs to be doing their job to the best of their ability and if more pressure and responsibility as it relates to being responsible for the team performances, technical and tactical interfacing referee, doing press conference, all this stuff that kind of goes along with sort of like a, a more leadership um, role. I mean, those are real, real challenges and they can, they can, they make it hard to balance like what you do on the field because there's a lot of other things that require your attention now. 
um, even conversations with your teammates as far as, you know, what we're doing. Look, I, I don't know if this is what we should be doing as far as like, you know, behavioral things, like the way you interact with the coaches now. Like, so there's, there's a lot of layers that kind of go in to that process. And, and I mean, I, I always viewed it as, as, you know, I felt responsible for my performance. I felt responsible for the team's performance. And then this, this, the education and, and sort of learnings that I received as a young athlete, you know, especially through, you know, Coach Clark and Coach Bellis, but it extends all the way to probably my first leadership coach and my mom. You know, these, these are kind of what's required of, of, of people uh, who, who want to make the teams that are on the best they can be. No, I, and, and I, that's real. And look, it, it's, it's, a lot of mechanism that you, I think is, is it, it has to just be absorbed and then realized um, because of the fact that it, it is so many different components and it mo- it's so many moving parts that can be um, overwhelming if, if you are not at least mentally prepared for it. Like you said, it's not the title that makes the leadership. It is the mentality that makes that leadership. Um, so I, 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 that's, that's awesome in terms of being able to see it from, such a technical, such a broken down standpoint. Um, so uh, considering timing and everything like that, so I kind of wanted to go into the other half of what I wanted to talk about. And I guess I'll be able to intricate these things a little bit more in. So this comes into what happens post-career. You know, you have now, you've built up this resume. Over the time, like how much of those interactions that you had with your teams, and I don't mean just like teammate to teammate, but in going overseas and playing with guys and talking during socials and, and these connections and friendships and networks that you created, uh, in, a, in, a, in a general sense, how much of these have now impacted what you're doing to this point now? Yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think all we really are is the accumulation of our experience in a lot of ways and then what we are able to capture from that experience. And, you know, one of, one of the best parts about, uh, playing rugby is the people and right. the people have always impacted me in an incredible way from, you know, when I was a young athlete to, to, uh, you know, kind of an old athlete in the, in the changing room, right? Like it's, it happens real quick. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate with the sort of the quality of the individuals I've been around and, mm-hmm. you know, even someone last night I was, I was FaceTiming with Brad Thorne, who's like a, nice. you know, done about as much as you could possibly do as a rugby player, but, as a as a human being as a professional there was nobody better and um you know being able to continue to talk to him as a sort of like almost like an older brother mentor and you know hear about his experience with say coaching the Queensland Reds now and and what he's doing and you know still in contact with you know Jordan Murphy who was a mentor of mine at at uh at Leicester and you know all my Cardiff Blues teammates and, and a number of my Leicester teammates and all all of my U.S. teammates I mean it's it's the relationships that are the best part about being on a team. You know, as much as you, it's about competing and, and realizing success on the field, whatever your definition of that is. I mean, the quality of the, the experience is usually based on the quality of the relationships that you make. And, um, you know, whatever I do, I, and, and I'm not entirely sure what that is. I know that I have a lot of people that I'm fortunate to call friends through my, my rugby experience and, and, and learn from because of, of, of of our shared experience together. Oh, I love it. Dude, so who 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 within that 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 dynamic then, who 
this helped you kind of take into consideration the brand path that you you've started on with through the media and everything because i say this on on the concept that uh i, I you don't see it as often in rugby as you would necessarily in other sports. I know a lot of people will say maybe that rugby has more limitations, but I've always considered that to be a little bit of the BS. Yeah. Traditional kind of mindset. But yeah. you know, I had a chance to talk with like Nia Tapper and you know, I one of the things that I'd always liked about her was the way that she presented herself through social media. I, I think there's unique yeah. concepts in creating a brand that's while uh, rugby works within a team centric momentum but i think when it comes to development you have to know faces and people are attracting to faces and then maneuver into groupings from there uh when you're talking yeah. from a casual standpoint so for you and i'll say especially within a usa rugby element um it's a unique trend to end up as a more in the media brand space so for you kind of what what was the development there was it awareness was it mentorship like what was it for you yeah, I mean, I, I, it's like a, it's a, it's a great point you bring up, and it's still very much, um, I think, a, a big area for opportunity in rugby as far as the development of our rugby players and and our personalities within the sport, which, as you say, usually translates to better business overall. Um, you know, because most fans' first connection with sport is through their favorite player, like full stop. Um, you think about all the players you grew up idolizing. I'm saying, you know, I have all my San Francisco 49ers, my Sacramento King stuff, you know, like my giant stuff. That's your first real connection to the game is that. And, and I think it's, it's a challenge in, in team sports in general, um, because people do have a tendency to want to make sure they fit within the team. But, you know, I think that's changing. Um, you know, you see it a lot in hockey. There's a lot of hockey parallels between, uh, sport parallels between hockey and, right. and rugby in a lot of ways. This is like that locker room culture, but you know, I think, I think athletes um, across the sports and probably no better example than what, you know, the NBA athletes are doing as far as, you know, being willing for us to share that we're more than just athletes. And that was always really important for me. And, and, you know, you see like Naya or Carlin or Perry, I mean, they're, they're more than who, what they do on the field. And, and um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's always been sort of something that, you know, rugby players specifically have, have, have had to um, walk a fine line between, you know, making sure that you're still a really good teammate and, and part of a team and, and um, be consistent um, because I think that's also a really important and difficult thing to do on social media. Right. And, um, and everyone's still kind of working through what the optimal relationship is as far as like, you as a person and this platform, which then allows you to connect with your community because it's a really challenging thing as a young athlete. You're like, you know, the social media stuff, like while, while it's really fun and a great way to get out your voice, like, you know, it's does sometimes feel like I'm promoting myself, but if you reframe that, it's like actually your ability to connect with the community and fans who want to know what you're doing and who you are, as opposed right. to just like, you know, a Jersey or, or some sort of, quote unquote hero on the field right I mean I think so you know that, that was it's always been an evolution and and I've, I've been fortunate I've, I work with um two folk uh, two two unbelievable women in in San Francisco Bay Area Brand Ford who's like my team they kind of pushed me to like get into the podcast stuff and you know leverage my experience with the Players Association and kind of tell that story and you know I so now I feel responsible in a lot of ways for 
continuing to build the athlete's voice um, specific to, you know, rugby in the United States. And you know, I'm really keen on, on giving players the best possible platform to, you know, demonstrate who they are and what makes them unique and special because they're incredible and in their own rights and they have awesome stories to tell. And, and, um, and frankly, it's good for the business of the sport globally that players are at the table and at the microphone being authentic and genuine and connecting with fans in their communities, because that's what, that's what a sport in the 21st century needs to look like. I exactly, and that's that has always been the my 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 premise, my theory on it. Because again, you you look at it from other sports, and a lot of people always, you, like you said, it's finding the balance between am I promoting myself or am I fixating within the team. And again, I agree with you. I don't think that those two are necessarily mutually exclusive. I mm-hmm. think they, they work within each other because you do need to humanize people. They're the one of the biggest issues, especially before, is creating that error of separation between you between the community and then the player because it makes everything yeah. feel so distant and obviously we need more authenticity now um yeah you know for you as now you're about to embark in this next journey um and now you have put you've taken a lot of lessons and now you're in a new level of what we'll say is a, a series of maturity that will kick in, in in this career what is it that you are hoping to what is the message that you are hoping to present um, that speaks to Blaine Scully, the person, Blaine Scully, the player, Blaine Scully, the uh, entrepreneur, Blaine Scully, the media, and then in terms of what you feel it resonates within the community. I know it's a lot, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think um, it's a really challenging question and something that I'm you know, kind of working on you know, because I don't necessarily know what that sort of next path is. But one of the things, especially you know, during this challenging period of time, what I've really tried to do is just connect with folks and just be accessible. So like I put out a thing on like how I used to prepare for games and all the different pay. And I was like, any young rugby players who want, who want to connect with me, just give me a shot. I probably like, yeah, had a conversation with a couple hundred young rugby players, which is like crazy. And, um, and then be able to do like some, like, so some have um, some zoom chats set up with like high school rugby teams, younger athletes. I did one with play rugby USA. Um, uh, last week and you know these finding these little connection points of of sharing my experience and then hopefully having um, people get something out of it and like that's that's a really important thing on on what I'm hoping to do and whether that for me as as a career looks like coaching or administrating or maybe not rugby at all like I don't know maybe I'll be a barista I love coffee but I wouldn't make any money because I drink it all but um <laughs> But, but wanting to be able to share that experience with folks and, you know, kind of talk to them about um, my, my journey and, and kind of lessons I learned and along the way. And, and, you know, hopefully that can kind of help, again, be an, another resource that, you know, frankly, hasn't um, existed before. And that's kind of what I want to be able to continue to give back as much as I can help us build our, our sort of package and, and our institutional knowledge and our experience that we're then able to pull from and share right because if if everyone can share their experience and you know the level up can happen quicker right exactly look we're we're all looking to to get to that 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 i don't want to say perfection but we always like to aim towards what will be the maximum peak for everything and the only way that we can do that is definitely by breaking the mold and then rebuilding it up breaking the mold and that comes from our intricate 
knowledge and like you said, our intricate experiences and how it kind of all pieces together because, you know, it, it is, thankfully, I feel like one of the biggest blessings that we have is that we're getting to see rugby and in my opinion, see rugby at its peak or rising towards its peak in an era where connectivity is at its highest. Maybe not always the variation of authenticity or whatever people want to say, but connectivity makes a difference. And then you're able to actually create something off of that because there's more accessibility. And the more we're able to do that, I think the more that rugby is able to thrive within that range. And obviously what people can ripple effect from that, whether it's in the sport or out of it. Uh, so yeah. it, it's, yeah. um, it's really dope to know that that is where your mindset goes with it, because I think that is necessary for the modern day person let alone the modern day rugby player yeah 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 and i and i it's part, it's part of my responsibility i think because the game's given me a lot and you know i had incredible experience overseas and so i'd like to think i have hopefully something of value to share to to young young rugby players or whoever you know so. Yo, look, look, after listening to a couple episodes of Captain's Code, I, I feel like you're, you're in a good way. You're, you're in a good path. I think you got Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> that. Blaine, man, dude, I want to thank you so much. You know, even electrical outings and everything. I appreciate Power it. through. It's all right. It's just, <laughs> just a momentary setback. Right? Look, this is what we do. It's not what yeah. happens. It's how you react. Exactly. Exactly. But thank you so much, bro. Yeah, I yeah man, no this. problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Man, I want to thank Blaine. Uh, that was great. That was great. Even though we got cut off a little bit, that was that was really good. Um, I want to thank Blaine Skelly for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciated him being able to give the time. And always he's dropping gems wherever he, he goes. So that's a lot of wisdom for people to take into. Um, for everybody else, look, you know, Please go check out some of our other podcasts. Uh, last week, we had Angie Elena on uh, from Switzerland, uh, dropping buku gems about rugby love and, and, and how to be able to understand the spirit of it. Also, we had a great interview with uh, Chisa Belu, uh with Pedal, talking about how to utilize uh, athletes and uh, be able to... D- great opportunities and work efforts and that companies are out there looking for people just like you students college students high school students particularly so uh check it out we also have great podcasts with phil Thiel, with naya tapper uh dave rhymes kyle and tiana granby guys there's we have a quite a few that are in and we have quite a bit coming up soon uh don't forget raheem vital and mike toussaint of uh of prairie view a&m rugby uh guys check them out i think you'll find a lot of value within them but in the meantime i hope you guys have a great day i hope you guys absolutely take advantage of of this time in any way and for anything that is good bad happening i hope you're able to find a way to get out of it or to at least find some refuse from the situation you guys have a great one maintain the rugby life and i will talk to you later <laughs>